The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, and we are presented, of course, by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Just use that code PODCAST1 to take whatever advice Steve Fezzik gives you, and maybe me, on some of these prop bets and some of these things we've got to dive into. And, of course, betting the game, the over, the under, and what we think about Patriots versus Rams now on a Thursday. You can, of course, always get at Steve on social media, at Fezzik Sports, and only at Fezzik Sports. He is the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Westgate Casino. Super Bowl, professional football gambling, Westgate Casino. He is that guy, and we are so thankful to have him each and every week. And by the way, reminder that this show's year-round. We never stop because next week we got to recap what happened in the Super Bowl. Then we'll start to dive into some college football stuff. We'll recap the whole year, how we did, start to look at some future stuff for teams for next year. I mean, it really, that's the beauty of gambling now. It really, it really never ends. All right, Steve. So before we actually get into the game or even the prop bets, I think I ask you this every year. Can you just kind of give me your your overview of how people should or should not bet the Super Bowl, especially people that, you know, don't bet very often. Yes, avoid the needle in the haystack bets, the bets where 20 or 30 or 50 things could occur, and you've got to pick the one that occurs in order to win. Let me give examples. First player to score, uh, MVP of the game, what is the exact final score going to be, exactly how many points will the Patriots score. The problem with all these needle-in-the-haystack prop bets, Ross, is that the house vigorous, the nasty bookies, take such a big hold because they can that if you bet every one of these props, the you would wind up losing 40 to 50% of your money by betting all the different options. Just too hard to win. The ones to focus on are things you can bet on or against. You can bet over or under. Example, Tom Brady pass yards, 
295 yards. You can bet over or under only two options. The house VIG in that situation is the standard 4.55% household, and you can beat that. Those are the props to focus on. Why do you say, and I quote, because they can? Because if they charged you like minus a dollar fifty to play the over on a Tom Brady prop and minus a dollar fifty to play the under, it would be obvious that they were robbing you blind. But when they've got a proposition showing 20, 30 different outcomes, it's not obvious unless you went through and created an Excel spreadsheet and calculated it exactly how much VIG the house is actually taking. Okay, got it. That makes sense. Now, what about, before we even get into the prop stuff, what about the things that people do at, like, Super Bowl parties? You know, like the boxes or anything? I mean, obviously, I think people do that just because it's a social thing to do. And uh, I'm guessing your advice would be the boxes are pretty obvious if it's one where you can choose which boxes you have. But is there anything that that our listeners should know about that? Because I feel like a lot of people go to parties like that where they have those. Yeah, so the you get assigned your numbers for each team randomly, and there's no takeout, there's no bookie, so there's no reason not to play it because it's a zero-sum game, and you obviously want to get zeros and threes and fours and sevens to be more likely to win. But because it's truly random who gets which number, as long as that's the case, go ahead and participate and have fun. Okay, then let's get into some of the prop bets that you like, that you recommend? I know every year you've got some that you like. I think we even talked a little bit maybe about it last week. But let's dive into the prop bets that people should definitely consider and maybe definitely avoid. Yeah, so the theme of this Super Bowl is that I expect, like I do in many Super Bowls, a slow start to the Super Bowl. Teams typically are very conservative We've seen the Patriots in their eight Super Bowls with Brady and Belichick. They've only scored three points in eight first quarters. They haven't averaged three points, just three points only. Seven times they've gotten zero points. So clearly the Patriots play conservative early in Super Bowls, and most teams do, in fact. So I always like to take advantage of that in my prop betting. How do I do that? I play no score first five minutes, 30 seconds. I look to play first quarter to go under. 10 and a half. I like to play third quarter to outscore first quarter because uh, oftentimes after a long halftime break, there's value and scoring picks up greatly in the third quarter. And I also play oftentimes I did again this year, the second half to outscore the first half. And why is that? It uh, goes back to those slow starts in Super Bowls. It turns out if you had just blindly bet the second half, to be higher scoring than the first half the last 20 years, you are 15-4-1. Super Bowls in the second half tend to be fairly high scoring and the first half much lower scoring. So if you know that, and if it's been 15-4-1, don't they adjust the the VIG somehow? Because aren't there a lot of people they, that are betting what you know? They, It's interesting. The odds makers oftentimes, and, and did, did it again this year, just seem to forget every single year that this occurs. And so they'll go ahead and set the line based upon a pick second half versus first half. And then what happens, Ross, is the betters get a hold of this each and every year, and the money moves the vigorous and the line on this prop such that by Sunday, the uh, second half is a huge favorite. 
It's already happening, but I think it will move even more before Sunday. What about, I know you don't like needle in the haystack bets, and you feel like MVP is that kind of bet, even though it seems highly likely it would go to one of the two quarterbacks. Is that still needle in the haystack? Yeah, because you could bet Brady to win the MVP and you get like even money on him. So, and Goff is two to one. So those payouts are too low, frankly. And every other player is too unlikely such that there's just no value in my opinion to bet the MVPs. What about individual player props? Tom Brady passing yards, Jared Goff passing yards, Rob Gronkowski's at 53.5 receiving yards, or even, I know you've done this in some other games, longest field goal scored over or under 48 yards. Love focusing on each and every one of those props. Would have loved to play Gronk under because I don't think that he's a shell of his normal self, but the Rams are soft against tight ends. They don't um, have good numbers, so I, I passed on Gronk. Brady is interesting because I think people are just going to continue to bet him upwards, and there's a big disagreement in the market. I saw 286, and I saw 300 today on Tom Brady. I think you could play that over 286 right now. I think that number will continue to inflate. One prop bet that I do like is Brandon Cooks, the Rams wide receiver, under 75 pass yards. No one takes away what you do best, better than the genius Belichick and company. We saw him totally take away from Kansas City Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. And if there's one player I think the Patriots will want to take away uh, as far as weapons, it would be Brandon Cooks. And they know him so well from having played with the Patriots. Cooks under 75 looks good to me. Do you ever bet on any of the other sort of uh, silly stuff, coin toss, length of the national anthem? How many times will they show Giselle Bunchen? Um, you know, Adam Levine's shoes color. Which guys shown first, Tom Brady or Jared Goff? Uh, will Rob Gronkowski have a hand on his heart during the national anthem? Will the roof be open at kickoff? Who will be mentioned first, Belichick or McVeigh? Will Belichick be referred to as a genius? Do you ever bet any of these, or is that just kind of entertainment garbage? I have bet on them. I got inside information on the color of the Gatorade. And frankly, I love betting stuff that's predetermined like a wrestling match. So people are going to know how long that national anthem is going to be before it's sung because of all the rehearsals, etc. And you oftentimes see that um, if you see that the over-under is 110 minutes and that drops down to 108 minutes, I'm sorry, 108 seconds, then somebody knows that Glass Knight's going to go short on this anthem. And oftentimes you can find a stale number to book and play under 110 on these predetermined props. I typically avoid the ones about who the announcer or who the winning player is going to talk about first or last. It's not bets I typically make. So, okay. So are there any others that I missed before we move on to the game itself? I think you covered them well. Okay. I just want to make sure there wasn't any other ones that, that you liked that I forgot to bring up. Okay. So we're good on the prop bets. I do want to get to an email question. So before we get to that email question, let's do it for the last time for the 2018 season. Bry, it is time. All right, Ross. As I always say, let's start it off, but there's nothing to start off. It's just one game, as you said. New England, they are favored by two and a half points in this game. Their total is 56 and a half. 
Okay, so here's my question first, Steve, before I make my pick. We know that when it first came out, the Rams were favored by a point and a half. Does that mean in your mind that I'm really getting a, a bad number if I took the Patriots laying the two and a half? Is that like, is that a huge faux pas for me? I think it would be a huge faux pas if the line had moved last week throughout the week. But frankly, that was just a bad number the bookmakers put up on Sunday night. And it only lasted for about 12 hours. You blink and by Monday morning, the Patriots were already minus two. So I think you could in many ways say that Pat's minus two was really what I would call the widely available opener that that uh, Pat's plus one was just a rogue Sunday night number. Got it. Okay. Um, You know, I really think this is going to be a great game. I lean towards the Patriots winning the game and I'll of course make my official prediction on the Friday edition of the Ross Tucker football podcast. But I can just tell you right now, I, I picture it being a close game and the Patriots probably winning by about a field goal would be my guess. So for them to be laying two and a half, that seems about right to me. I'm going to lean New England, but I'm not going to go there because I, I, I could easily see the Rams winning this game. I'm incredibly impressed by them winning at the Superdome. I thought that was incredible. So I'm going to pass the game. I'd probably lean New England and still lay those two and a half points. I'm not going to do it. I'd also lean over. I, I look at the total, 56 and a half. I actually happen to think indoors, you know, this is not like the Superdome where you're the road team like the Rams were. It's not like you are in Kansas City for New England and it's freezing and it's crazy loud. Neither team has a noise disadvantage. Like there's, And it's indoors. There's no weather disadvantage. There's no noise disadvantage. In my mind, that should not be a factor. So if anything, I would think that the over would be, you know, the better play here. But I, I picture it being like 27-24, so I'm not going to tell people to take the over. So, unfortunately, Steve, I, I've got no bet. I, I've got no Super Bowl bet, which makes me incredibly lame, especially since we've had a, a down year. It's kind of crazy that I'm not trying to – I was thinking about putting 20 units on the Patriots just to, try to, just to try to be in the black for the year, but I don't feel like that's really the right way to go. No, you got to trust your numbers, and I made New England a 2.3-point favorite in this game. That's my number. So New England plus one looked good a week and a half ago, and frankly, if it goes to three, I would play the Rams, and the Rams would be an official play at that point, but a pretty thin margin play at that, so nothing significant there. I will go ahead and um, give out an official prop bet for two stars. I'll play Brandon Cooks under the 75 reception yards for a prop bet official play. Okay. You know what? I want to have something in the game that I'm interested in. So I'm going to do the same. I like it. Two units. Cause I'm with you. I don't envision Belichick letting Brandon cooks beat him over the top. I really think he wants to try to force Jared Goff and the Rams to go the length of the field, kind of, kind of walk the dog down the field, a bunch of short dink and dunks and see if they can do that without making a mistake or without golf, something happening. So I would agree. I'll go 
two units as well. And it's is it seventy eight or eighty two? What'd you say? Under seventy five. Seventy five. Okay, two units there. So Brian, we got a best bet to finish it up. The best bet. We also have Steve some email questions that we need to get to, and we will get to throughout the off season for sure. But let's get to one today because we have a little bit of time. And it's from Big T. It's your boy, Big T. Purchase confirmation attached. Question for you and then a play for Fez. Uh, what do NFL players who have buys in the first round of the playoffs do during that bye week? They practice and don't get paid, which I think is actually a flaw and ridiculous. But that's a good question. Then he said, Fez, I found a trend I find very compelling. Fade the teams coming off a bye in the divisional round. This late in the season, with so much at stake and playing good teams that are already in playoff mode, I don't think a bye is a good thing for these teams. In divisional round games since 2006, as far back as he could go, underdog 29-18-1 against the spread. When you look closer, Patriots make up nine of the 48 games, blah, blah, blah. In games where there's a big enough number, blah, blah, blah. It's funny to look at this question in hindsight, Steve, because the home team and the favorite in the divisional round absolutely won every game and smoked the other team for the most part so it's kind of funny big t found something steve that did not come through for him this year yeah i think one of them the dogs did cover but it was three and one against the spread for the buy teams and frankly back in the late 1990s early 2000s the buy teams had been rocking and rolling and everyone was talking about how that bye week was so critically important so i think it's an example of a small data sample where uh, it's, it's easy to find something that looks good. But uh, in truth, that bye week actually is very valuable. It's worth about a point and a half this time of year. So, uh, but the market is largely aware of it and does price it in. I think it priced it in even more in the, uh, around 2010 because it had been winning so much. And that's part of the reason that the dogs did so well. I don't think there's really anything there. Fantastic work as always, Steve. You are the man. Love when we get to answer some of those listener questions. Keep them coming. All you have to do is email me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and I'll ask Steve whatever question you got. I know you guys have questions. Hit us up, Ross at RossTucker.com. I absolutely love having Steve answer them because a lot of the questions you guys have, I have too. So please, please, please go ahead and do it. Ross at RossTucker.com. Also, speaking of go ahead and do it, please go to BetOnline.ag if you haven't already. I mean, come on. If you want to be able to get a 50% sign-up bonus, and for whatever reason you've been waiting all year, I've got the place. It's BetOnline.ag. It's the promo code podcast one. You get a 50% sign-up bonus. 50%. Go to podcast one. No, go to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code podcast one and you will be all set. That'll do it, by the way, Steve, for today's edition of the Even Money Podcast. Terrific stuff all year long. And of course, we will recap exactly what we did uh, next week on Wednesday. So make sure you hit us up there. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money.
Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.